Hello, and welcome to episode three of the Marketing Medic podcast. I am Dr. Brenna Murphy, back with you again for your marketing medic strategies, tips, tricks, plug and play uh, protocols that you can take immediately and enact in your business, because this is the marketing podcast for people who never want to know anything about marketing, but have to. And today is going to be a continuation of um, the previous podcast, where we're talking about the two most important questions that you must answer in your business to be successful. Question number one was, what are you selling? And if you haven't listened to that podcast, go back and listen. But as a quick recap, remember what you're selling isn't the commodity that you're selling. And while that is what people are exchanging money for, that's not what they're actually buying. People are buying an idea, a desire, a feeling. And remember, we talked about cars as an example of that. You know, if the what you were selling was truly just four wheels on a metal box for transportation. We could all drive the exact same car and it would be fine. But there are thousands of different car models on the road at any given time because what people buy isn't a car. We buy a specific functionality that we want. We buy a certain ease that we want. We buy a feeling that we want. We buy a desire. And you also have a specific commodity that you're selling, whether that's a service, um, whether that is an e-product, whether that's a, a physical object, and that's what you're exchanging money for with a customer, but that's not what you're truly selling. So the first question you must answer is, what are you selling? And the second question that we're going to talk about today that you must answer to succeed in business is who are you selling it to? So what are you selling and who are you selling it to? And I will say this is the idea that I've gotten the most pushback from when I talk to my friends who are in business about it. And the, it's the idea of having an ideal client. Um, Marie Forello calls it the ideal client avatar. Um, you'll see it called ideal client, um, ideal customer. But it's this idea that you're not selling your product to everybody and you're not even trying to. And that's hard to accept sometimes um, because of course, most of our products can be sold to almost anybody. But trying to do that will actually make everybody's life harder and get less success out of what you're selling. So to back up before I talk uh, more about what the ideal client avatar is, I'll tell you a story about an R business before we had an ideal client avatar. And again, like I've shared with you on the origin story podcast, you know, we opened our business, we did fine, you know, but there's just a point in business, you know, five years in, seven years in where it just, I was getting exhausted. My business partner was getting exhausted. I just always scrambling to find the next person, you know, and as we grew, you know, it became more challenging. Like when you're a new business and you don't have that many customers, it's not such a big deal to see a wide range of customers because you have time to do the research. You have time to customize and work with people. You know, and honestly, it's a new business. You take whoever will give you money. Um, but as you grow and get busier and as we grew and got busier, you know, there just got a point where we couldn't ever find an anchor point 
because we were always having to adjust our business needs or make decisions on our business based on this wide variety of client needs. Um, you know, we had stay-at-home moms who were single-income households, you know, a significant number of children. So every single decision had to be run by their spouse. And the money to be sent on them was always the very lowest end of the pile or lowest priority in a very small pot. So you're always looking at budget decisions and how do you navigate that? And are there things they can buy at the grocery store or at the vitamin store instead of from you? Versus on the other hand, we have, you know, working professionals who have the money to spend, um, you know, who can make the decision, but now we've only stocked kind of the budget items or we don't stock everything. And now they're just like, just tell me what to do. And we're instead giving them five places to go shopping because that's what the strategy we've used for the previous patient. Or we have the really high end patient who money isn't the issue, but they want that level of service. They want the white glove feeling bougie and um, better than every kind of singled out from everybody else. is <laughs> a nicer way to say that um, kind of very um, customized, individualized, you know, fancy spa experience. You know, and the reality is we were just getting super frustrated and we weren't matching any of our clients needs because we were trying to match all of our clients needs. And so we had a business retreat. We went to the beach, um, which is very nice, got away for a few days and really sat down and thought, who is it that we work well with? Who do we like to work with? And what are kind of the characteristics that make that relationship successful? And where we landed, looking at all the options of the people who we were already attracting, is we really work well with the professional female, um, just professionals in general. So people who have a, you know, make their own money, work in either um, there are a few major headquarters in town. So the banking headquarters, the software headquarter, um, Affleck Insurance is here. So kind of work in one of those big businesses or teachers or nurses, um, you know, kind of, again, people, especially, you know, women who have their own job, made their own money, had their own agency about how their money was spent, but weren't interested or looking for the highest of the high end service and products. They needed a little bit of a budget. You know, they didn't, weren't looking necessarily for bottom of the barrel. They did want value, but they were willing to spend on themselves because they realized their health was, you know, really was the health of the entire family and their family was behind that decision. Um, you know, in terms of where they shop, our people shop at Target and fly Southwest. You know, it's kind of that they're not Walmart shoppers. They're also not shopping at Neiman Marcus, you know, they're not flying Spirit Airlines, but they're also not flying first class um, on an airline either. <laughs> you know, so that's kind of, once we figured that out, um, once we kind of identified, all right, here's where we land, here's what the needs of this group of people are, we shifted everything in our business. Our website previously was a very generic naturopathic website. You know what I'm talking about, kind of, you know, very professional, very trust us. We actually do know what we're doing. We are truly doctors, um, you know, very kind of neutral color scheme because we didn't want it to feel too girly. So men didn't feel like they could come, um, you know, but it wasn't who we, it wasn't how we were interacting with patients. It wasn't specific. 
And so again, once we settled on, once we kind of identified like, all right, this is who we were, who we already work well with um, and who responds well to us and who we want to see, you know, we shifted our website. We brought in way more color. Now we're not pink people at Elements. So, um, you know, we could have made our website pink. That would have been fine, but it's just not who we are. Uh, but we did, we brought in purple. We brought in some brighter, you know, kind of brightened up our blue. Um, but we did really keep it stylish. So all of our pictures that we've, you know, when we do our professional pictures, we all dress in the same color. So it looks really sharp. It kind of has that little bit of targets level style where you like, you know, okay, it's not super expensive, but it looks good. Um, you know, we brought that through all of our marketing. We made sure that everything had just a little bit of extra style to it. It looked nice beyond the information that it had. And we even brought that into our questionnaire. You know, we were do redoing the questionnaire um, to be more comprehensive. So we weren't asking the same questions over and over again. But when we went to expand it, we realized, you know, again, the language didn't match our ideal client. It didn't match how we were interacting with those people, those ideal clients. So we completely rewrote the questionnaire using a more casual, friendly tone. You know, our ideal client likes the relationship they have with us. They don't, while they want us to be professional and well-educated and experts in our field, they also want the warmth and the connectivity. And we brought that into our questionnaire. Um, when our first question that asks, you know, what would you like to be called? Because we have quite a range. Um, you know, here in the South, where people who would like to be called by their, you know, Miss Murphy or Miss Brenna for older clients or Brenna, um, we're like, you know, rather than guessing, let's just ask them. But one of the options on the what would you like to be called is Her Most Awesome Highness. Um, and they have a line to write whatever they want. So there's a little bit of cheekiness in the first question that they answer on their questionnaire. So they know, like, okay, this is a fun place to be. Like, yes, it's a doctor's office but it's a different type of doctor's office. And it's a doctor's office where I'm gonna feel good going. So every decision we've made from that point forward has been so much easier. And that goes from the fonts we choose for our website to what hours are we running our clinic? What do we charge for our clinic? You know, from the tiniest, tiny decision that seems irrelevant to the biggest decisions of how we function as a business because we know who we serve. Dean Graziosi defines marketing as attracting who you want and repelling who you don't want. And that's a pretty bold statement, but once you get past sort of the what, I don't wanna be mean to anybody aspect of it, it's true and it's so useful to get to that point where you're bringing the people in who are the people that you want to serve. And it's not just about wanting to serve somebody and kind of dismissing others. If you bring in the people who you know you can serve the best, you get to serve more. So by serving fewer people, you serve more in general or overall. And that's why it's so important to identify who is your ideal client? Who do you sell to? Who do you serve? Because then you can serve them so, so, so much better than if you try to serve everybody. 
Now we're going to come back to this and I'm actually going to do a podcast where I run through a bunch of questions that'll help you identify your ideal client um, to kind of kind of give that gut check, that fast answer, say, oh, I like this or this and this. Um, but I just wanted to start today by introducing the idea and the importance of the ideal client. Um, again, we're definitely coming back to this. It's a really critical concept. It's such a critical decision that you make for your business. But I'm going to wrap up. I'm trying to keep these podcasts nice and short. Um, and so I will see you tomorrow with episode four of Marketing Medic Podcast. Goodbye.